Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Pastor Michael Fields here, and I'm glad to be with you yet another time, another opportunity. This is Wednesday, and you know what happens on Wednesday. We come together every Wednesday evening by the grace of God uh, to go into the word of the Lord. He's been so good to us. He's been so gracious. And I'm thanking God for today. I'm excited in my spirit. Uh, because I woke up this morning with an attitude of expectation, knowing that God is a prayer-answering God. I've been praying and fasting, believing God to do some things in the lives of his people. Uh, and as you know, this month we are praying and fasting on Fridays. Every Friday we've designated as a fast day from 6 in the morning to 6 in the evening, and we're praying specifically for our unsaved loved ones. As a matter of fact, uh, we're teaching a series currently dealing with uh, our unsaved loved ones. Uh, and we'll be talking about salvation. Uh, for the next four or five weeks, I'll be teaching on the subject of salvation and we're going to take the time, turn our plates down to pray for our sons and daughters, nieces and nephews, aunts and uncles, grandparents, whoever's connected to us, cousins, if they don't have the Holy Ghost, if they have not received Christ as their personal Savior, we're praying that yokes will be destroyed, high places will be torn down. Yes, we want God to save their souls. So join me this month, won't you? And join us here at Greater Refuge Temple in Washington, D.C. and at Refuge Temple Annex in the Bronx. As a matter of fact, Lady Fields and I in uh, Shekinah will be in New York Thursday and Friday of this week in prayer, uh, praying uh, with the people of God in our church there in the Bronx, Refuge Temple Annex, 716 East 233rd Street. And Friday we'll be fasting back on the altar there in the Bronx. And we're asking those of you who were baptized in Jesus' name uh, since last year to this year, yes, we're in the pandemic, but souls were baptized, uh, and we've been reaching out to you, want you to join us, we want to tarry with you, uh, pray with you, believing the Lord to fill you with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. Can God do it? Yes, he can. Will God do it? Yes, he will. So I'm asking again, everyone join me. Uh, I'm so excited. I didn't want to wait until the end of the lesson to talk about this. Join me and the people of God here in D.C. and in the Bronx every Friday. We're fasting from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., eating that meal, one meal a day. Those of you who are on medication, you can use the Daniel fast. Uh, in the book of Daniel, chapter 3, it says that they ate pulse three Hebrew boys. They did not eat the king's meat. and They fasted. They ate pulse, veggies. Yes, no meats, no sweets. Uh, they ate barley and wheat, porridge, anything except meat. Amen. Let's go on to prayer before we go into our lesson. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we thank you for everyone who has joined us tonight and those who are on their way. We thank you for the privilege, oh God, that you give us every week to come into your word and to fellowship together, although virtually, 
You allow us to feel your presence wherever we are. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Bless us through your word today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we started our series last week. We were in the book of Esther, chapter 8, and our subject was, Lord, save my unsaved loved ones. Uh, and we'll be talking about salvation uh, throughout this month on Wednesdays. Uh, we're doing the series on salvation, but tonight I'm in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verse 3, and my subject is, How Shall We Escape? These are the words found in the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verse number 3, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord? and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. And the subject is how shall we escape? And if you want to make it longer, the full subject would be if we neglect or ignore so great a salvation. How shall we escape? In the New Testament, there are, there are three questions, three big questions that I would say are not really answered. I have not really been answered. Um, the first question I'll take you to is in the book of Mark, chapter 36. There's a question there that Jesus is asking. He says, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? What should it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his soul? It's a question. I don't you can say it was rhetorical, but um, it hasn't been answered really. Uh, follow me tonight. The other question, uh, unanswered question, it would be First Peter chapter 4, verse 17. It says, For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God. It's another question. We read it. It's a question that's being asked, but how many really stop to think and go to answer it? Because Jesus says, I'll take you to the first question, Mark 8, 36, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Peter's asking here, and he says these words in 1 Peter 4 and 17. This is the second question that people read we just walk by it and we don't take time to answer for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God and if it first begin at us what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God and the third question here we're talking about coming out of Hebrews chapter 2 verse number 3 it's the third question that people just look at and walk past and don't really take time to answer. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? So um, the question that we're studying here is how shall we escape? If we ignore or neglect, in the Hebrew it means to disregard, to just walk past it, don't even give it a thought. 
how shall we escape if we do this concerning such a great salvation? Well, um, naturally, this the answer to this question or the consideration for this question, it rests in three, uh, three divisions. One, we would have to deal with the great provision, the provision that God made for everyone is salvation. The provision that God made for all of us is his salvation. The second thing we would have to consider in answering this question is uh, the peril or danger that faces all of us if we ignore salvation or if we just live our lives and don't even think about salvation or if those who have tasted salvation just walk away from his salvation. So we'd have to discuss uh, his provision. We'd have to discuss the danger. And then we would have to discuss the problem. And that's neglecting or ignoring. Um, if we ignore, then the question uh, that's being asked by the writer of the book of Hebrews, then how do you expect to escape? Escape what? The wrath of God. How do you expect to escape the judgment of God if you neglect, if you ignore, or if you walk away from this great salvation. So let's talk about these divisions first, and we're going to answer the question. Uh, first is the provision, the great provision. Um, St. Luke, I want to take you to Luke chapter 15. And if you have your Bibles, go with me there. Let's take our time tonight and go into the work of the Lord. Luke chapter 15, verses 3 and through 7, it says, And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine? In the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it and when he hath found it he layeth it on his shoulders rejoicing and when he cometh home he calleth together his friends and neighbors saying unto them rejoice with me for I have found my sheep which was lost I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons who need no repentance now that's powerful is that great provision i'll be getting into that first part of the answer to the question how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation uh it's a provision that god has made for all of us uh and that provision can be summed up in one word salvation oh and and what does salvation mean it, it simply means uh that if we're going to be saved Hallelujah. If we're going to make it into heaven uh, after we pass this life, and the word of God says it is appointed unto every man once to die, and after that comes judgment. But if we're going to make it into heaven, we have to be saved, saved from our sins. Hallelujah. So it doesn't simply mean that I'm going to heaven if, I'm, if I don't die in Christ. Now, and I, this might ruffle some people's theological feather because there's some people who feel that they can be saved without the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It doesn't mean just to be religious. It means if I'm truly saved, I have to have Christ abiding on 
the inside. Um, and so, and Jesus giving us the parable of the lost sheep, the sheep was away from the shepherd. Uh, the sheep was unhappy. He was wandering outside of the fold in danger. And the shepherd searched for the sheep. Hallelujah. Placed the sheep on his shoulder and carried him back. Uh, hallelujah. And this, is, this gives us a faint picture uh, and the meaning of salvation. We could not save ourselves. We were lost. Uh, and the Lord Jesus came and got us and brought us to where we should be. Brought us into the ark of safety. Hallelujah. And uh, a complete restoration of the sinner. Because there are some who are part of the fold. Uh, and if you read the story right, uh, that sheep wandered from the flock. And there are some who are watching tonight and some we are praying for this month who are part of the, the flock and they wandered off. Hallelujah. They walked away from their salvation. And you mean the Lord loves us so much that he would leave the 99 and go search out those who are lost and bring them into the ark of safety? Yes. Hallelujah. So I want to offer this thought that not only can God save to the utmost, but he has the power to restore those who have left the flock. So this month, we're not just praying for those who have been baptized in Jesus' name and who need to be filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost, because uh, when the question was asked, men and brethren, what shall we do? Uh, and meaning, what shall we do to be saved? When Peter was preaching that message on the day of Pentecost, he said, repent, every one of you, for the remission of your sins. Hallelujah. Repent of your sins. Be ye baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. For the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So this scripture that I read gives us a faint description of, of salvation, provides for us a picture of what it means to be completely restored, to be brought back into the fold. Uh, listen to my notes. It is the provision that God has made for bringing us back into fellowship with himself and into the safety of the fold. Is it any wonder, therefore, that the writer of Hebrews uses two qualifying words when speaking of salvation? First, he says it is a great salvation. Hallelujah. But much more than that, the writer of Hebrews says of such a great salvation. Hallelujah. So let's talk about it, this provision. It is great because of the great love that provided it. The Lord loved us. That's why he offered salvation, because of his love. Oh, the love that drew salvation plan. Hallelujah. When was that? Uh, way back in eternity. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Remember that song? At Calvary. We used to sing that song all the time as a youngster. Oh, I wish we can go back to singing those hymns. What did salvation come down to man? When, I'm sorry, did it come down to man? Uh, in the process of time, the Lord came. He made a way of salvation, sent his son to die for our sins, that we may have the right to the tree of life. Hallelujah. Cain wrapped himself in flesh, hallelujah, and he died for our sins. So this salvation is great because of the great love that prompted the Lord 
to do what he did. Hallelujah. And you know the scripture I'm going to, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So it's a great salvation because it was prompted. It was provided out of his love for us. Hallelujah. And the second part, it is great because of the great price, I'm sorry, that was paid for it. He paid a price. I owed a bill I could not pay. He paid a bill he did not owe. Hallelujah. So salvation costs, yes, salvation costs. I know we say salvation is free. It's free for us. Hallelujah. But somebody had to pay the price. And there's another song in my spirit, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left this crimson stain, but he washes whiter than snow. So salvation cost God the best that he had. John 3.16 said he gave his only begotten son. Hallelujah. To provide salvation for us, it cost him the gift of his only son. Let's go to 1 John. I want to take you to 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. And this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Now, I know, uh, I, and I'm a diehard apostolic, and some of you are, are mumbling already because I'm not in Acts uh, 2.38. I'll get there in this series, uh, but we all know that Acts 2.38 is not the only scripture that talks about the salvation of God. So bear with me. Hallelujah. I know the word and we'll get there, uh, but I want you to know that God wanted us saved. And because he loved us, he made a way of salvation for us. And it's great because of his love and it's great because of the price that was paid for it. First John 4 and 9, I'll read it again. Hallelujah. And this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Hallelujah. So um, to provide salvation for us, creation cost God a word. Follow me. Creation cost God a a word it says in Genesis 1 and 3, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. But redemption cost God mm -hmm, the word. I'm going to take you there. Follow me. John 1, 1 and 2, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Follow me. The same was in the beginning with God. Now let's go down to verse 14. Hallelujah. The 14th verse, John 1 and 1, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So creation cost God a word. Redemption cost God the word, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Now, there are two verses that would help us further with what I'm talking about. 
and understand something of the price that Jesus paid for our salvation. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 9. Mm -hmm. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. 1 Peter chapter 1. Verses 18 through 19, for as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Hallelujah. So creation costs God a word. And God said, redemption cost God the word. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The only begotten son. That's the word. That's Jesus that was made flesh. Paul said he is the visible image of the invisible God. Hallelujah. Paul later on talks to us and says, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich. Hallelujah. For our sake, he was made poor. Through his poverty, we now can become rich. Hallelujah. Peter picked it up and says, you know that you're not redeemed with corruptible things. He didn't purchase us with gold and silver, but he shed his precious blood, the blood of Jesus Christ, that lamb that was without blemish and without spot. Are you washed in the blood, that precious blood of the lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are you white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Hallelujah. So that takes care uh, of that great provision. Let's talk about the danger. Because there is danger in ignoring this salvation that God has provided for us. And I'm not just talking to the ants. I'm talking to the saints as well. Hallelujah. Because there are those who need it and are pushing it away. And there are those who have it who are walking away from it. Hallelujah. But how can we neglect so great a salvation? So much was done. Hallelujah. So much provision was given. So much blood was spilled. So much agony. Hallelujah. The sacrifice that was made for us. How can we ignore? How can we, oh God, just uh, walk away from what God has done for us? And then if we push it away, then how can we escape judgment? How shall we escape if we neglect or ignore or disregard so great a salvation? Here is the danger now. We talked about the provision. Here is the danger. There is peril of ignoring or danger in ignoring the salvation that God has so graciously and freely provided. Three words. There are three words now that we're going to talk about uh, that describe the attitude of every person uh, to the gospel. You're either one or the other. One of these three, hallelujah, and we're each doing one of these things. One of these three things as it pertains to the salvation that the Lord has provided for us. Each one of us, I say again, we are doing one of these three things as it pertains to the salvation of our Lord. Uh, we're either rejecting 
accepting or neglecting. I'll say it again. We're either rejecting, accepting, or neglecting. Now, to reject simply refers to a conscious and deliberate refusal to receive what is being offered. To reject something, I'll say it again, is to, to, make, to be conscious and deliberate, uh, to give a conscious and deliberate refusal to receive what is being offered. Mm -hmm. It's like saying, I refuse. I hear what you're saying. I see what you did, but I don't want none of that. Yes. Let's go to John chapter 5, verse 40. This is Jesus talking. And you will not come to me that ye might have life. Now, this is Jesus talking. He's, he's, he's telling them how to obtain salvation. Follow me. Uh, and he, he looks, and there are those who are rejecting him, the, the Pharisees and Sadducees. And there were other groups that history mentions that were standing around Jesus hearing the word. Hallelujah. Listening to him to him talk, seeing him perform miracles. And, and Jesus says, and ye will not come to me that ye might have life. They were rejecting him. There were those, yes, who were rejecting Jesus. Acts chapter 28, verse 24, right? And you know the, the growth of the church. The book of Acts talks about the falling of the Holy Ghost, the moving of the Holy Ghost. The word of God is spreading. Hallelujah. But the Bible says in the book of Acts, chapter 28, verse 24, And some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. So here, uh, there are some, and, and it's very dangerous to hear the word, to be in a place to receive his word and reject the salvation, which is a benefit of living according to his word. So uh, there are those who do reject. And I've read John 5 and 40 for those who did not hear the scriptures and Acts 28 and 24. And, uh, but there are those who will accept, uh, right? Who are accepting uh, and I'll, I'll read John 3.16 again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. So to accept means to hear and to believe and to receive. So even in accepting, you've got to hear it, you've got to believe it, and you've got to receive it. If I'm going to accept this salvation, hallelujah, if I'm going to accept the way of God, I've got to hear the word, believe the word, and receive what the word says belongs to me. So hear, believe, receive. Hear, believe, receive. Let's take our time to trust and be saved. Listen to my notes. To trust and be saved, look up and let's compare the gift in John 3.16 with the acceptance of the gift in John 1 and 12. So we understand John 3.16, and I'll quote it again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, 
That's the gift he gave his son. That's the gift he gave his son. That's the gift he gave his son. When you receive the Holy Ghost, that's the gift. His son is abiding on the inside. What's his name? His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. The word. He, the word. Hallelujah. Creation, he gave a word. Let there be. For redemption, he gave the word, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And you shall call his name Jesus, abiding on the inside of us. Hallelujah. With the acceptance of the gift, John 1 and 12, but as many as received him, Lord, I'm feeling this in my spirit, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Let the church say amen. So there are those who reject and we said that rejecting means that there was a conscious and deliberate refusal to receive what is being offered to us, what's being offered, salvation. Hallelujah. Christ abiding on the inside of us, the Holy Ghost living and breathing in us. But there are those who accept, and accepting means to hear, to believe, and receive. But there are those who neglect. They are neglecting this salvation. They are ignoring this salvation. So this refers to people who are not deliberately rejecting, but at the same time, they do not accept their salvation. They could be the person that'll sit in church and cry. They'll hear a word and the, the word might minister to them, but they won't let go. They won't receive salvation. Hallelujah. They're not deliberately rejecting, but at the same time, they're not receiving the salvation of God, neglecting what God has provided, or they had the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. At one time, or they were with the Lord at one time, but they, uh, they just strayed away to, for whatever reason. Hallelujah. For whatever excuse, for whatever reason. Uh, so they have a careless uh, listen to my notes. They they have a careless, passive attitude of neglect. I'll do it when I'm ready. I have time. Or they'll use other people as an excuse. But they have a careless, passive attitude of neglect. Many people like this attend church and they hear the gospel, but they do nothing about it. They ignore it. My God, how can you ignore the move of God? How can you sit there and hear the word and not do anything about your salvation? How can we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? How shall we escape? How shall you escape? How are you going to make the rapture if you're neglecting the salvation of God? Hallelujah. So many people uh, in this category, they attend church, but they're not. Uh, doing anything about the gospel or the word that they're hearing. Hallelujah. They don't believe. They don't really believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't really believe. Let's, 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 let's give you scripture, Acts 16 and 31. And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and thy house. Remember uh, what happened to the jailer? After Paul and Silas 
uh, were released and all the prisoners heard them praising the Lord. Hallelujah. And the prison started shaking. The earth shook and everyone was set free. Hallelujah. And the jailer who was upset about what happened and afraid that he would lose his life uh, because not only did Paul and Silas escape, but the praise was so powerful. The power of God moved in such a way that everybody that heard them praise was loosed and set free. I believe this is one reason why uh, my friend, if you're listening to me, perhaps you're having such a hard time letting go and the enemy is fighting you so much because when you get saved, hallelujah, when you say yes, your whole house will be affected. I'm talking to somebody. The jailer heard the word of the Lord, hallelujah, and the word of God moved on him of such the Bible says, and this is what uh, Paul said, they said, rather, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and your house. I don't just want to save you. I want the whole house saved. I want everybody connected to you saved. Hallelujah. I want your children saved. I want everybody under your roof saved, set free, and delivered. Yes. So, there are some who do not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, but if you believe, God won't just do something for you. He'll do something for the whole house. We've been talking about this for, for some time now. I want the Lord to save. Come on, put it in the comment section. I want the Lord to save my whole house, right? And then of those, you got to receive him as your savior. You got to receive him as your savior. John 1 and 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And you got to come to him. You've got to come to the Lord. You've got to come to the Lord. John 6 and 37, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me this is Jesus talking, I will in no wise cast out. Listen, don't let the devil continue to play with your mind. Doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been, what's going on in your life, it doesn't matter. This is Jesus talking in the word of God. All that the Father give me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. If you come to Jesus, he won't throw you away. No, he will save you. Hallelujah. He will say to the utmost, Jesus saves. He will pick you up and turn you around. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus saves. So uh, you got to believe on him. You've got to receive him as your savior. Don't neglect this salvation. And you have to come to him. And if you come to him, he says, I won't throw you away. Now, you don't think he knows what you've done? You don't think he knows where you've been? You don't think he knows what's going on in your life? You don't think he knows? You don't think he knows about the cigarettes and the alcohol and the women and the club? You don't think he knows all of that? He knows. But he says, if you come to me, I will in no wise cast out. He who comes to me, I will in no wise, I won't do you like people do you. 
Hallelujah. I want your soul. I hear the Lord talking. I'm going to say this is why we're praying for our loved ones. Hallelujah. And those who have backslid, how can you escape if you neglect so great a salvation? And you can't delay. No. When you hear the word, you got to move. You don't know how much time you have. Acts 24 and 25. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. This is, this is Paul after he gives his testimony. He talks to Felix and Augustus. And, and Paul starts talking about how the Lord saved him, how the Lord delivered him, how the Lord changed his life. Hallelujah. Felix was hearing the word of God after Paul told him how Jesus died and rose again for his justification. Yes, instead of accepting it, right? He heard the word. He was sitting under the word, although it was in the courtroom. Hallelujah. He pushes it away uh, at another time, maybe later. Hallelujah. This is very dangerous. When you hear the word of God, don't push it away. Don't talk about, I'll do it when I'm... I'm 30 years old, or I'll, I'll do it in such and such and such, I'll wait and know. Um, and listen, because the Bible says, as he reasoned of righteousness, Paul is talking to him about righteousness, temperance, and, and the judgment to come. Felix is trembling, which means the word of God is dealing with him. And some of you have been pushing it away. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation. And you feel all this power. You're watching the Holy Ghost and, and seeing the, the power of God move right in front of your face. And it's affecting you. Hallelujah. But you're neglecting it. Felix trembled and then said, Go thy way. Get away from me. Don't, don't say anything else to me about Jesus saves when I have a convenient season, when I have more time, when I feel it's appropriate, when I feel like I'm ready. I'll call for you. That's, that's pushing the word off. How can you escape if you neglect or ignore or disregard so great a salvation? So this is a, de a dreadful danger of neglect that, that faces a lot of people, millions of people all over the place who are doing this. They're, you're either rejecting, accepting, or neglecting. How easy it is for, for any of us to be so absorbed with, with life, absorbed with home, business, and our pleasure. It's easy for us to get so busy, and even church folk, so busy until we start neglecting our own salvation. Hallelujah. And, and there are some who are just completely ignoring it. Yes, even during this pandemic, I know there are people that go from church to church. So I'm not talking about neglecting church so much, you know, and it's another, another discussion now because we're having a hard time getting folks to come back into the building and people are all caught up in the tissy. Well, I don't have to Go to the building to have church. I'm not, I'm talking about your salvation because the truth is, even during this time pandemic, some people have become like the lost sheep. You've wandered. I don't care how many churches you go to on Sunday, right? 
your web surfing, going from church to church, going from service to service. But what about your salvation? It's a dangerous thing just to be a churchgoer and not really have true salvation abiding on the inside. Are you in the church triumphant? So I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about being in the body of Christ, having the salvation of God, being filled with the Holy Ghost. And there are people who are either rejecting, accepting, or neglecting. So somehow people think it's, it's, it's different uh, as, it, as it relates to salvation because I'm talking about people who who are so embellished or absorbed in home, family, friends, money, uh, pleasure, uh, so much so until they, they've completely forgot about their salvation. I dare say there are people who are so embellished in this pandemic and what's going on politically until they have started to neglect their salvation. And somehow people think it's different as it relates to issues of their soul. We're so political, but, but what happened to your soul? We, we've become so caught up in, in uh, our health even. And yes, but he says, I want you to prosper and I want you to be in good health, right? But, but as your soul prospers, uh, we tend to be so loose at times when it comes to matters involving our salvation, spiritual matters. So the neglect of some things the neglect of some things brings only temporal consequences. And I remember I preached this past Sunday. We're living in a temporal world with a eternal mindset. Our mindset should be eternal. When you're saved, right, you're, you're praying and, and developing a mind of Christ. But so some of the things that we're embellishing in, if, if I neglect that, it has temporal circumstances. But if I neglect spiritual things, come on, I'm, I'm trying to help everybody, even myself. If I neglect spiritual things, then the neglect of those spiritual things is to neglect uh, my very soul. It brings eternal consequences, eternal consequences. If, if I neglect... Uh, being so in love with cars and home, that, that's a temporal consequence. You know, I might, I might get the car later, I might never get it, but, uh, and even if I get what I'm longing for, uh, after a while that car wears out, it can break down, uh, or my love for it will, will just wing. But if I neglect spiritual things, the consequences are eternal. How shall you escape if you neglect so great salvation, how shall we escape? So the question here, uh, I might add, and it's rhetorical, you don't have to, but just self-reflection, are, are you doing anything to neglect your salvation? Are you doing anything, or just plain and simple, are you neglecting your soul's salvation? So we talked about uh, the provision, we talked about the danger, right? Because it has eternal consequences. It has eternal consequences. It has eternal consequences. Hallelujah, thank you. It has eternal consequences. So here's the problem. 
the problem. If, if I ignore the provision that God has made, and that provision in one word is salvation, my soul salvation, then how can I escape the consequences of neglecting his salvation? Because there are teachers and preachers, there are movements, there are concepts and thoughts and theologies that'll tell you, you can live any way you want to live, basically. Um, you, don't, you don't have to do all this that the word of God says. And I know there's man-made stuff. That's another lesson. But I'm talking about the word of God. I'm talking about sure enough salvation that God has provided for us in order for us to make it into glory, in order to get into heaven. You can't just, you can't just say, I'm going to heaven and, and get there. You have to go according to God's word. And if I ignore God's provision for salvation, then how do I expect to escape the consequences, the eternal consequence of such neglect? Can you, can you solve that problem? And that is a, that is a problem. If, if, and Jesus said himself, if you think, or if you try to go any other way, and I'm paraphrasing, then the way that I have prescribed, then you are a thief and a robber. So this is the problem. We talked about uh, the provision and uh, of called salvation. We talked about the danger, uh, and, and there are people either rejecting, accepting, or neglecting, right? And there is danger, much danger in neglecting. And the problem that you have uh, developed if you neglect the salvation is how how do you expect to escape the consequences of that neglect, right? You miss the rapture. How are you going to how are you going to make it into heaven? The Bible says because that 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 second death. I wish I had the time to dig into this the way I want to dig into it. Because so many things are coming into my mind. But that's a problem you can't you can't solve. If you neglect the salvation of God, if you walk away from the salvation of God, if you just lay down your Holy Ghost, those of you who have backslid or, or and I know the Lord is pulling at you. There's too many people praying for you for the Lord not to be pulling at you. Hallelujah. If you're listening to the radio or you see something on TV, a word will flash or something will come. I know the Lord has been dealing with you. How long are you going to neglect this salvation? How long? How are you going to solve the problem? How are you going to make it into heaven without Christ in your life? It's, it's a logical and, and reasonable question that I'm asking. Yeah. If anyone ignores and refuses the only salvation that has been provided, there's no such thing, hallelujah, of making it on your own merit. There's no such thing as somebody praying you into heaven. No. Hallelujah. No, <laughs> Jesus said you must be born again. I'm not just talking about those who don't have the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about to those who have it. If you have it, you better hold on to the Holy Ghost. Don't neglect this salvation. Because if anyone ignores and refuses the only salvation that has been provided and that is available for you, how can you possibly be saved? How? 
How are you going to make it into heaven? If there's only one way for a man to get to heaven, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead shall quicken your mortal bodies. If you reject that way, how can you possibly make it into glory? This is the problem. <laughs> and it is great because God cannot solve it and you can't solve it nor anyone else solve it. And what do I mean by God cannot solve? It? He already made the way. What more can he do? He laid the foundation. Glory. He laid the foundation. He's already given his only begotten son. Hallelujah. And whosoever believeth on him shall not perish. He'll have everlasting life. He's already risen from the dead. He's already sprinkled the blood on the mercy seat. He's already sat down on the right hand of the throne and sent down the Holy Ghost. The day of Pentecost has already fully come and the Holy Ghost is still falling. You can still be saved, but not if you reject, unless you accept. And those who have been neglecting, how can you push it away and have it at the same time? Hallelujah. So not even God can solve this one. And I know some of you cringe when I say that, but he's already done it. He's already made provision for it. How will you escape if you ignore God's salvation? Hallelujah. How will you escape his wrath? I'm going to give you word because I feel some of you pulling away already. How can you escape his wrath? John 3 and 36 says, he that believeth on the Son has everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. How will you escape his wrath? I'm going to read it one more time. John 3 and 36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. How? How are you going to escape his condemnation? We talked about escaping his wrath. How will you escape his condemnation? There's no condemnation, though, to those who are in Christ Jesus. But to those who neglect his salvation, how will you then escape condemnation? John 3, 18. Hallelujah. John 3, 18. Come on, meet me there. This is Jesus talking. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Hallelujah. Even those of you who reject the name of Jesus, you don't want to hear nothing about the name. I'm talking about you church folk who sit in your temple and deny the name of Jesus Christ. You won't even pray in his name. Hallelujah. But there's no other name that's been given unto men whereby we must be saved. And that's the name of Jesus. Yes, let's dig deep. Let's go back to the old school. He that believeth on him is not condemned, 
But he that believeth not is condemned already because he have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. What's that name? Put it in the comments section. Put it in all capital letters. Jesus. J-E-S-U-S. It was Jesus that said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. That where I am, there you may be also. He didn't say, uh, we're going away. He did not say that when you get there, you you know, there'll be three gods up there waiting for you. He said, where I am, in him is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Jesus. He is the visible image of the invisible God. Yes. Yes. The word became flesh and dwelt. That's Jesus. So how are you going to escape the wrath? How are you going to escape condemnation? And how will you escape his word of banishment? This is the most shocking thing to me. Um, um, remember the story of the, the, uh, the five wise and five foolish virgins and, uh, and the five that were foolish when they got there was too late. You know, they wasted time. Their, oil, their lamps were not trimmed and full of oil. And the door was shut. And they were knocking on the door. And the word came out, depart from me. I know you not, my Lord. But how, how will you escape if you hear the word? You've been hearing the word all this time. And pushing it away. How can you escape if you if you've come in and then and decided to walk away? And some folks who have backslidden, they're still sitting in the church, but they won't give their life totally and completely. I should say, give it back to the Lord. How will you escape even His word of banishment? Matthew twenty six and forty one. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. Because the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. How are you going to escape? How will you escape if you don't take your salvation seriously? How? I want to close out with this. Um, and I, I, I have it in my notes. Um, there's a little short story here that says two men were standing on the end of a pier and suddenly a third man rushed past them and plunged into the water. And when the two men saw him jump into the water, uh, they threw in a rope and it fell right across the man uh, in the water and, and they cried out, catch the rope. Uh, if you catch the rope, we'll, we'll pull you in. In uh, reading this, that song, throw out the lifeline, throw out the lifeline. Uh, someone is drifting away. Uh, but the man, the story goes, the man looked at the rope uh, and he said, uh, it's very kind of you to do what you did. And he just went down and drowned. He drowned. Uh, so it, it, it is possible then that although a tremendous cost God has made, uh, in providing salvation for us, that there are some who are saying thank you, and there are some who are not even saying thank you. They're, they're just saying, um, it's very kind of you. 
And there are some who are not even saying that. They're just pushing it away. I don't want to hear that. I don't believe that. I don't receive that. And listen to all of the stuff that God has done in providing salvation for us. So here are other questions then. Are, are you ignoring him? Are you neglecting this salvation? Are you just going to continue to do nothing about it? Oh, backslider, are you going to continue to ignore the press and the moving and the agitating of God where he's dealing with you? Are you, are you going to continue to just pull the covers over your head when God is trying to speak to you? My Lord, call him while he's still answering. Knock while he's still opening the door. Because the rapture is coming. Jesus is coming. He's coming to take us out of here. How will you escape if you neglect so great a salvation? Ignore so great a salvation. In the Greek, it really means to disregard this salvation. Are you just going to do nothing about it? Are you not going to draw nigh to the Lord? Are you, are you just going to hold on to your flesh? Just hold on to your lust? My God, are you just going to hold on? Are you just going to hold on to those things that can't even deliver you? When God has made it possible for you to be truly saved, my brother, my sister, oh, backslider, when he's made it possible for you to come back to him, Come back, do your first works over. Jesus is coming. How are you going to escape if you neglect so great a salvation? How? So watch. Jesus is talking to us. Watch and pray that you don't enter into temptation. Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Don't play with your salvation. Don't play. It's not time to play. Playtime is over. Watch, be alert. Consider the gift that God has provided for you. Pray, my brother, my sister, those of you who already have the Holy Ghost, don't play games with your salvation. Hallelujah. Pray. While you're praying for others, pray, Lord, help me stay in the right place, in the right mind, because the Spirit is willing, but my flesh, my flesh, my flesh is weak. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, if this lesson has touched you in any way, then if it is true, if any of this has touched you in any way, then how will you escape if you have neglected, if you have disregarded? If you are pushing away. Hallelujah. How will you escape? I'm going to stop there. I'm going to stop there. And I want to pray right here. Because in my spirit this week, I'm feeling that not only are we should we pray for those who are on the altar who have been baptized, but even those who have backslidden. Lord, bring them back into the ark of safety. Destroy that yoke. Yes. And those who are in the church even who are weakened through circumstances. 
weakened by the pressure, who are giving in even to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, who are giving in to the pushing and the prevailings of their flesh instead of walking in the spirit and allowing the spirit of God to lead them and guide them. We're going to pray, hallelujah, because we want to make it in. Hallelujah. Yes, I want to make it to glory. And I'm praying that you want to make it to. Hallelujah. We're praying. We're going to touch and agree. And those of you who feel that you need prayer, put your name in the comment section. I want to give you time. Let's let's develop this electronic uh, prayer line. And those unsaved loved ones, again, put their name. Yes, put their names right there in that comment section. We're getting ready to pray. Pray for them that the Lord would loose them. Destroy the ill. Pray for them. Hallelujah. That the Lord would search and find them and bring them back into the ark of safety. Pray for them. Hallelujah. Some of you live right in the house with them. Lord, let your Holy Ghost fall right in this house. Save them. Deliver them. I want my whole house saved, set free, and deliver. I want them to make it into glory. Hallelujah. Yes, come on. Put their name right there. We're getting ready to pray. Stretch your hands out towards your television or your computer screen or, or squeeze that smartphone. Father, in the name of Jesus, here we are touching and agreeing, believing, oh God, hallelujah, that you're able to do all things. And we want to thank you for the provision that you've made for us called salvation. Hallelujah. We're praying for those who have backslid, those who have lost their way, those who have wandered, those who have weakened, those who are troubled in their spirit. Hallelujah. Those who are on the brink of giving up and letting go. Lord, we're praying for them. Hallelujah. You're getting ready to crack the sky and you're coming for a saved church, a delivered people, a church without spot and blemish, how can we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Father, in the name of Jesus, Hikaramusha, sure us up. Hallelujah. Anchor us. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. So we'll be ready when you come. I pray, oh God, for those who are weak. Pray for those who are in a backslidden condition. Praying for those who are still trying to make up their mind. Touch, Lord, save, Lord, deliver, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Step into that house, hallelujah, and deal with that backslidden husband. Yeah, he knew you, and he walked away from his salvation. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would minister to him as he lays in that bed, even as he lays on that couch. Oh, God, speak to a spirit in the name of Jesus. Touch that backslidden wife or that unsaved wife or that unsaved husband. Move upon the life and heart of that unsaved boy or girl in the name of Jesus. Save, Lord, you promised that you would. Send your power, we ask, in the name of Jesus. Come on, say it with me. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm believing God with you. Yes, I am. Listen, if you have a special prayer request, send it to me. Admin at grtdc.org. 
and someone from my staff or myself will get back to you. Uh, something you want me to pray for, want me to, you want to send me those names, email me those names, the names of the people that you want us to pray for, and we'll lay them on the altar as we pray. Some of you have been doing it, and we're praying. Yes, we are. We're touching and agreeing with you in prayer. Hallelujah. Believe in God, and he will do it. And don't forget, every Friday we're fasting for our unsaved loved ones. And this week, uh, Thursday and Friday, I'm at the Annex. I'm in the New York pulpit. And we'll be laying on the altar, the saints of God and myself, uh, and praying with those who are seeking the Holy Ghost. And if you want to be baptized in Jesus' name, meet us there. 716 East 233rd Street in the Bronx. This coming Thursday and Friday, meet us there and we'll baptize you in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, if anybody wants to plant a seed in this ministry, you may do so. The technician will put that on the screen for you. Yes, and those of you who are there at the annex, you may use Givelify, or you can plant your seed in the basket before you leave. The Lord bless you. I've held you up long enough, but you know what we always say. Until next week, we're going to continue this series dealing with salvation. Until next week, though, I want you to be careful, be prayerful, and be holy. Shalom. Shalom. Shalom.